Welcome back to the Move More podcast powered by Omega Sports. I am your host, Dr. Scott Jablanca, performance physical therapist in the Charlotte, North Carolina area. We are going to be talking about strength training in runners. Now, before you X out and you say, oh, I'm I'm not listening to this guy because he's just going to talk about CrossFit and weightlifting, and I don't want to hear about that because I just want to run. Good. Okay. I get it. Hear me out before you completely turn me off, okay? Yes, runners should lift, but also lifters should run too, all right? Think about that. Anyways, moving on. Guys, Omega Sports, I cannot say enough about these guys. They are absolutely awesome. They're treating me well, and they're awesome partners to deal with. For 43 years, they've been providing North Carolinians with all the tools that they need to run more, move more, play more. And now that they team up with me, hopefully they're going to lift more and get strong too. So I'm loving the experience that I've had with them so far. You are always, 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 always in good hands with their active play experts. Check them out online. Stop in a store. They're all over the North Carolina area. You are going to love them. Let's talk about strength. Let's talk about strength, baby. So here's the deal, guys. I am more than just a CrossFitter. Even though it's like my poison right now, believe it or not, speaking from experience, I've run numerous half marathons, tons of 5Ks, even completed a, a half Ironman myself. So I know a thing or two, at least I can empathize Uh, with a lot of the runners and the difficulties that come with running. Now, we all know that the health benefits of running have been super well established over the past decade or so. In fact, running is one of the most popular sports. For example, let's take the New York City Marathon, for instance. 50,000 finishers. 50,000. That is a crazy amount of people that all they do is they line up and they run from A to B for 26.2 miles. Good. And people sign up for it and they pay for it. Even Boston, you got to qualify for it. So it it goes without saying that running is incredibly popular. So I'd be remiss to say that, you know, running is a great thing for everybody to do. Maybe not everybody. Some people that that can't run shouldn't run. We we can kind of give give them at least an option or a modification. But I think that the majority of the population should incorporate some form of running into their program. Now, everybody runs differently. Everybody does. It, it's just like your normal walking pattern. It's just like people who squat or lift. Everybody lifts differently. Everybody squats differently. Everybody runs differently. And a common misconception, it's at least what I get and what I'm discussing with a lot of my athletes out there, is running is way, 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 way more than just walking really, really fast. Yes, the right foot goes first, then the left foot, then the right, then the left. And we repeat that over and over and over until we're done with our run. However, Running mechanics and walking mechanics are two completely different things. In fact, uh, running, we spend just about 99.9% of the time in what we call single leg stance, in which case only one foot is on the ground at the time. Now walking, we have this phase called double leg stance, in which case the right and left foot spend some time on the ground together. So we take some of the demand off one leg because we're in that double leg stance. However, with running, we have a lot more stresses and a lot more loads to the body, which means we need to be stronger. That's common sense. So if we take that concept of we need to be stronger in that single leg stance, we should probably incorporate some sort of strength training. Now, let's be honest, guys. In order to get better at something, you need to do that something. 
someone says, you know, Scott, I want to be a better soccer player. What do I do? Buddy, go play soccer. Yeah, go practice. There's a skill involved. There's repetitions. Repetitions and experience. There is nothing that substitutes that. Scott, I want to I want to be uh, you know, I want to be a good swimmer. What should I do? Buddy, get in the pool. Try that. Try swimming. Okay? That's a good start. So, if you want to get better at running, you need to run. However, you need to run more intelligent, smarter. All right? So, you need to think about what you're doing here, okay? So, there's there's so many factors that go into running, and especially when we we talk about running programs. If you're just getting off the couch and you're just kind of going willy-nilly running, you're bound to have something break down because believe it or not, running is a very, very intelligent sport. I'm going to call it a sport. It is. Now, in my community, uh, which I would probably label the CrossFit community, functional fitness, weightlifting, okay? They say that running is boring. Why? Because it's monostructural. What do I mean by that? That means you're doing one thing over and over and over and only that one thing until you're finished for a long period of time. That's why CrossFitters, they don't like heavy running workouts, in which case that's all they're doing. Uh, They don't like long distance rowing. Well, most of us don't. Uh, A lot of time on the assault bike. Anybody who's listening that that likes the assault bike, God bless you. We are, uh, it it, it doesn't really fare well for us for, let's say, longer than 10 minutes. Now, ask a CrossFitter to run three miles, they're probably going to sit this one out. We call that cherry picking. However, what I kind of find is when talking to the functional fitness community, is those who don't like running don't understand running. What do I mean by this, guys? What, what is there to understand? Well, there's mechanics, there's stride, there's cadence, which means how many steps per minute are you taking? Where does your foot land? Are you a heel striker? Are you a forefoot striker? Do you land midfoot? All right. Where's your body position? Where's your chest? What's your arm swing? These are, this is the kind of nerdy stuff that I think about that I look at when I look at my runners. This is the kind of nerdy stuff that runners think about when they're running 26.2 miles. They're thinking, how can I establish and sustain this type of mechanics for two, three, four plus hours? And hopefully, just hopefully, my body can sustain the load. Load. Let's talk about that for a brief moment. I, you know, many times when, some, uh, when runners see me in the clinic, I, I'll tell you this, guys. I see a ton of runners. And usually they're novice or they're kind of in the middle of novice and getting a little bit more experience. So they, they got the gear, they've invested, they have a coach, all right? But it's an issue of managing their volume. So they're going from running for just a little bit to now they're, they have a strict training program. They have longer days, they have shorter days, they have rest days. Uh, and their body isn't kind of used to this volume. Now the science and the programming, and I'm looking at a lot of their programming from their coaches and it's sound, it's true and I love it. However, you know, most people, it, it doesn't, fit for a lot of people. So if you're in a running program, you have to think about maybe if I listen to my body, I can dial stuff back down and I can do some strength work. Now, towards the end of this podcast, I'm going to talk to you about some of my favorite uh, strengthening for the running population. Um, hint, hint, deadlift, squat, but that's beside the point. We'll, we'll talk about that just a little bit later. But in the beginning, it's a matter of managing your volume. All right, so how long are you running? How often are you running? Uh, also, what time of day? What are you eating? What's your nutrition? What's your recovery? What's your sleep like? Hydration. Guys, all of this stuff plays into a running program, not just distance, not just time. All right, so think about that for a second. Load management. Now, when we talk about the load management, you know, the most popular kind of ailments or injuries that I see are the big popular guys. For instance, the IT band syndrome, that pain 
that goes down the side of your leg, kind of that hip pain. Someone kind of starts there and it really kind of radiates down that, that, that side all the way down to the outside of the knee. Everybody says, I, I feel it. It's painful. It, sometimes it clicks and snaps. So they go to their doctor and they get diagnosed with this very general, vague IT band syndrome. All that really means to me is you got some pain on the side of your leg and nobody really knows why. So boom, it's got to be your IT band. Go get stretches. <clears throat> now, before you follow that advice, uh, seek me out first, guys. Okay. Look me up. Carolina Movement Doc. All right. Find me on Facebook. Find me on Instagram. Talk to me first before you start wailing away on this IT band that you cannot stretch. Also, another injury or ailment, plantar fasciitis. That's pain on the bottom of your foot. Now, you know, most of the time you see this or you hear this in the older population, we'll call them geriatrics, but I'll call them seasoned veterans at this point. But usually it's pain on the bottom of your foot, heel, sometimes that middle part. It's the plantar fascia. It's a big, thick kind of tendinous material on the bottom of your foot that can get irritated and it's painful with just about every step, especially first steps in the morning or first steps after getting up from sitting for a long period of time. Now, this is a kind of, it's, it's kind of a tough treat because a good way of, time, of calming something down that's irritated is to lay off of it for a short period of time. Now, good luck laying off of your feet if you spend most of your time on your feet. So these are the big ticket items that are really kind of the, the red flags to say, well, this is where you're feeling a lot of your pain. Where is the real source of your issue? What, what breakdown led to these symptoms? So a lot of times, guys, when you're feeling pain in a certain spot, especially for the runner, especially for somebody who's monostructural, who has a volume issue, many times the pain is not the location of the issue. And I know you've heard this before, all right? You've, you, you've heard therapists and doctors and chiropractors say, oh, well, I get to the root cause of your problem. Well, I hope that most practitioners want to get to the root cause of your problem. Otherwise, what, what, what are you doing, Okay. But it's a, it's a good idea for you to have a good understanding of your own body. So where is the root cause of your issue? A good thing to do is seek out someone like me, someone who specializes in movement, somebody who has a passion for assessing your motion, assessing your strength, and rationalizing a good functional program for you to get back to where you're going. Okay? So IT band syndrome, plantar fasciitis. Also, you know, patellar tendonitis, very similar, but I see that across broad spectrums of, of the fitness community too. So the assessment part is where I come in. And the assessment part is where you come in too. Now, it's just not me doing all the work. I'm doing it with you together. And I'm not the only one that does this, but I, I, I would probably come and peg myself as pretty darn good at it at this point. So we come up with a game plan. And usually I'm going to tell you right now, if you have any issue in your leg when you're running, I'm going to look at one core. Okay, what is core? We'll talk about it in a second. But also the lateral structures of your hip, your hip structure. What happens at your hip usually controls what happens down stairs. So what happens at your knee? What happens at your ankle and foot? The hip is a big culprit of it. And I'll tell you right now, since people are usually running from A to B, from one point to another straight forward, they have very good muscles going in that direction. Now ask them to move sideways for a little bit and then they struggle. Why? Because they don't train those muscles. Does that make sense? I hope it does. When you do A to B all day long, that's all you do. You would think that going side to side is you know, quite difficult. So we talk about strength going side to side or lateral motions. Also, balance has a lot to do with that too. So if we're really kind of neglecting the, the muscles upstairs, what we call it, the upstairs muscles of your hip, your glutes, we call it the glute med, glute min, glute max, which is your butt. And also we talk, can talk about a little bit of the core. So yes, the abdominals are a part of the core, but also the obliques when it comes to running. So let's test this out yourself, actually. You know what? This will be fun, guys, okay? If you're, uh, if you're driving, don't do this because you're driving, because you're sitting down. I would, I would, I would hope that you're just going to you know, sit there and drive, keep your eyes on the road and listen up. 
But if you're at home listening or if you're in the gym, wherever you are, get your headphones on. Good. Everybody who can, let's stand up. Let's, let's test ourselves. I want you just to stand on one leg in front of a mirror if you can. Or if you don't have a mirror, kind of get a good idea of where your hips are. Stand in front of a mirror. And if you have a belt on or if you have like shorts, kind of roll up your shirt. Guys, I want to see the belt line. All right. Stand on. Let's do the right leg. Okay. For now. Okay. Stand on your right leg and we're going to time you. How long can you stand on your right leg with a nice stable pelvis? All right. Now, as you're standing on one leg, even though you're probably not doing this, I know, but in your mind, you are in your mind, you are, and you better be, if you're standing on your right leg, what's happening? All right. So if, if I'm on my right leg, my left hip or my entire left side of the body wants to be pulled down by gravity. Right? Especially if I'm sitting there now we're pushing 20 seconds. Okay. Right? I have to fight with my whole right side to keep my pelvis, my hips relatively level. Now it's not going to be completely level, but it's going to be relatively level in order to maintain some decent posture. Okay. 30 seconds now, guys. Okay. It should be kind of troublesome. All right. You might be swaying back and forth. You might even lost your balance by now. Okay. That's another issue. Okay. But as you're standing on one leg, your right foot should more or less be kind of collapsing a little bit into what's called pronation or flat-footed-ish, okay? Guys, pronation is normal. It's okay. If you have it, it just needs to be supported. And your knee might be buckling in just a little bit, okay? It's not painful for you now. However, if you repeat this for 26.2 miles, imagine what kind of stress issues you're going to have on the inside of your knee on the inside of your foot. Now we can talk about the IT band syndrome and the plantar fasciitis. You get how I kind of linked that in there? Yeah, there was a strategy behind all this stuff, okay? Now, okay, guys, take a break, okay? We almost pushed a minute, all right? Now, let's try this again. We're gonna do it on our, on our left side, okay? So in your mind, we're gonna switch gears. We're gonna stand on our left leg. So go ahead, stand on your left leg. And now I want your right hip to completely drop. So almost like give it out. As your hips completely drop, you're going to notice that your back or your spine more or less tries to curve a little bit so you can compensate for the lack of strength you have on the left side. Again, knee's going to collapse in, left foot's going to collapse in. Now you have a spine issue. Now we can make a case for low back pain and the distance runner. Go figure, right? We'll talk about a little bit of research about core strength. Okay. So now we can talk about back pain, chronic back pain, this, that lingering pain that you have once you get to a certain mile that you got to fight through. Uh, this is the stuff that matters to us, that matters to me. So I'm going to look at that hip, those lower abdominals and the obliques right off the bat as far as, could this be a, a cause of your issue? 99% of the time, the hips are so sneaking weak in my running population. And it's mind-blowing to them, but it's almost run-of-the-mill to me. But And this is maybe, maybe I, it could be my fault. Maybe that's the disconnect between you know medical providers, movement specialists, and the running population. However, I can't take all the blame for it, considering I still believe that running and the whole running community, it continues to just exponentially grow. And especially with the pandemic, because let's face it, nothing is more pandemic proof than running. Okay. They say, Hey, by the way, this thing, uh, this virus apparently dies in UV light and well-ventilated areas. Great. Okay. Well, what's a more, more well-ventilated area with UV light than outside on a running pass. So all you really need is about, you know, 60, 70, 80 bucks. You got a decent pair of running shoes and all you need is a whole lot of running space and go for it, okay? So honestly, running, awesome, all right? I tend to have a love-hate relationship with running. I love it because I love what it makes me feel. I hate it because, man, I'm just, sometimes I suck at it, to be honest with you, okay? And I'm not the only one and I know there's people out there that share the same thing, but let's face it, runner's high is a real thing. It's a real thing. So when you get done with even just one mile, you just feel better. So can we fault the millions and millions and millions of people who have taken up running the couch potato of the 5Ks 
Can we fault them for having some issues because they decided to get their butt up off the couch and do something about their health and they started with running? Maybe they didn't start very intelligently, but at least they started somewhere. Good. I'm here to help you along the way. There's tons of people to help you along the way. We just need to have you run smarter, but kudos to you guys, okay? We need to really focus on what you're doing when you get from that couch to that 5K. Does this make sense? If this is one of you, if if you're not even a person that likes to run, but you're thinking about it, okay, perhaps it'd be a good idea, okay, maybe you know, save up a little bit, get in touch with someone like me, spend some time, go through a full assessment to see where you can work on your issue so you can go from couch to 5K pain-free. Keyword there, guys, pain-free. That's the key. And that's where I would love to have the biggest in, impact on the community. And I, I've been having a pretty decent impact, but on a small basis, find someone like me, guys. Okay, I'm in Charlotte. I ain't in Wilmington, not yet. I ain't in Raleigh, not yet. All right, I plan to be. And when I'm there, it's going to be epic. We're going to do such good things together. Now, for our more experienced runners, and I know we have a bunch of them out there, the, the term, I'm going to say this, the term running economy, running economy, that's how efficient we are. That's how we kind of preserve our energy, how we transfer forces, and how we can make the, or at least get the biggest bang for our buck out of every stride. Now, running for, for our novice people, we need to make sure that whatever energy we have is sustained and we don't just kind of blow it in the first mile if we have about three or four more to go. So our mechanics, our pacing, everything else kind of matters. It's an effort to, to, to effortly propel ourselves forward. We don't want anything to slow us down. So if we're going to be nerds about it, let's nerd it down for a little bit, all right? We don't want anything to push us backwards. If, we're, if I'm going forward, I want to make sure I'm continuing to go forward. Not only in life, but in running, right? Yeah, motivation. But if something is pulling me back, even if it's wind resistant, if there's, if there's a wind in my face and I'm running against the wind, there's a song about that. If I'm running against the wind, then I'm going to have a slower pace. If there's something pulling me back, let's say I'm wearing a parachute, right? Something pulling me back, I'm going to have a slower pace. If anything, I want everything that's pulling me back to go away. So this is where our nerdy biomechanic assessment comes in. Ground reaction force, all right? Uh, a, a proper running analysis can kind of give some better ideas of this because it'll slow things down in slow motion. Someone like me can see things in real time that most people need slow motion for. Uh, but let's kind of talk about running economy and ground reaction forces. What is a ground reaction force? Well, there's this really intelligent guy, uh, Newton, I believe his name was. He said, for every action... There's an equal and opposite reaction. And it's that concept that slows a lot of people down and even produces a little bit of injury. So let's say, for instance, and this actually speaks directly to uh, walking versus running, okay? So let's think about this, okay? You go for a walk, okay? As you're walking, think about this in your mind. Look down at your feet, right foot forward, left foot forward. Your right foot extends forward. Your heel hits the ground. Your knee is almost locked out completely straight. Let's say your foot is about one and a half, almost two feet in front of you. Your toe is pointed right up toward your nose. And then as your body transfers forward, the toe lowers down, the knee bends a little bit. And then we take that nice step forward with our left foot to follow through. Now, running is not like this because we don't want that heel to hit the ground so far in front of us because if our heel is traveling forward and it hits the ground, the ground, an equal and opposite reaction, is going to hit our heel up and backwards. The keyword there is backwards. So the ground is going to have a backward force on us, which is why when we talk about running analysis, we say, if you're a heel striker, that is not very good running economy. 
We want to make sure that that heel is brought back a bit. And if anything, anybody who knows anything about running is if you can transfer yourself from like a heel striker, which gives you a lot of, a lot of shin splints, knee issues, and bring that foot, your initial contact, the point where your foot hits the ground when you're running, if we can bring that back underneath our body a little bit more, we can reduce, almost eliminate the ground reaction force that pushes us back, or we limit our backward motion, and we preserve the ability to effortlessly, efforts, effortlessly, I swear I'll get it, guys, effortlessly propel ourselves forward. So if we limit that force backwards, we go forward just by bringing the point at which our foot hits the ground a little bit underneath our body. What that's going to do, that's going to increase your cadence. That's going to make the amount of steps per minute increase, and that's okay. And typically, uh, for the novice athlete, the 160 to 180 steps per minute is a good place to start. Now, to help with this, instead of counting in your head every minute, there are playlists out there you can actually download, all right, which uh, have songs that are at least tuned are already at 160 or 180 beats per minute. And that's going to help tune your body into this is the pace that I should be. And once you find yourself doing that, you're going to realize that your stride actually shortens a little bit. And that's okay because that's going to preserve energy. So you can last longer with the same decent form. Now, if I'm taking more steps per minute, with this nice running economy, I want to make sure that every step is supported by decent structure above. And that's where strength comes in, okay? Now, if you think I'm just saying this, you know, willy-nilly, not true, guys, okay? Believe it or not, I've done research on it. Ton- there's tons of research, okay? Running's been around forever, so there's tons and tons of research on it, but and, and research continues to grow. So let's, let's dive into a little bit, okay? 2009, I don't know, it's a while ago. 2009, uh, studying the Journal of Strength and Conditioning, found that core strength uh, training improved elite runners' 5,000-meter runs after only six weeks of training. Core training, okay? Core strength training increased their times in only six weeks, okay? That's a month and a half, guys. That's a short period of time. So if we can increase our running time and improve our running economy just by core strength training, awesome. I think that's worth a shot or at least uh, worth your time to invest into, okay? So 2009, this study kind of improved that. 2004 article in the sports medicine went on to elaborate that um, uh, strength training allows muscles to utilize more elastic energy and reduce the amount of energy on breaking forces, i.e. ground reaction forces. How about them apples? Okay. So strength training allows our muscles to be a bit more efficient for us and work for us too. So if we're going to support our body, our muscles have to be well-tuned to support our body weight for 26.2 miles or maybe just a 5K. And that's fine too. What kind of strength should you do then? Okay, well, uh, I have my favorites, and they're tried and true. And we'll talk about a nice resource that uh, I like to refer a lot of my athletes to, and I've gotten tons and tons of good feedback on it. I know that's good feedback because I actually went to school with the guy that created it. Go figure. One area that is uh, easy to kind of measure uh, when we talk about lower extremity strength is uh, the good old-fashioned back squat. So we load a barbell up with weights. We asked people to do a back squat. Now, there was a study uh, in the Journal of, of Athletic Training uh, in 2020 that there was a, they tried to find an association between uh, knee and hip extensor strength and collegiate uh, distance runners as measured by the one rep max back squat. Right? And they have a whole slew of different kind of findings. Some supported their hypothesis. Some refuted it a little bit, kind of milky. But one thing did stand out, and this is worth saying, that runners who are weaker in the back squat exercise may exhibit running biomechanics associated with the development of knee-related 
issues. What does that mean? That means people who are terrible at squatting probably are going to have some knee pain when they're running. Awesome. Okay, so what should we do? There's some value behind saying that perhaps some, some squatting or resistance or strength training in programs for distance runners to will improve their performance and m- maybe even reduce their risk for injury. So this study goes on to say that out of all the runners that we just kind of studied, okay, with this one rep max back squat, the ones that squatted the most or more or better had less risk for injury. Go figure, guys, okay? So there's research out there that supports strength training for runners. Awesome. Now, what are the muscles that you need to strengthen? If you're sitting there asking, all right, doc, I get it. Yeah, I got to be strong, all right? But I didn't go to medical school. I didn't do, to, I'm not a personal trainer. I'm not a PT. I'm not a doc. Okay, well, what do I do? Talk to me. Good. All right, I'm going to answer your question now. Calm down, guys. My big ticket ones are squats, deadlifts. I'll go on to deadlifts too. Honestly, I use deadlifts for everything because there's so many variations of the deadlift and it's such a primitive tool and it strengthens the entire body, believe it or not. So if you do the, if you do the deadlift correctly, your whole body is, is worked out. But I'm a big fan of lunges and all different variations of lunges, and anything that's what we call asymmetric or standing on one leg. The reason why I had to do that exercise of standing on one leg is to see how well your pelvis can be maintained in line or a decent line for an extended period of time. Now, a lot of my training and strength training is geared toward strengthening those lateral or outside muscles so your pelvis does not fall into that collapsed posture, leading to what we discussed earlier, that curved lower back, that collapsed in stance leg knee, that pronated or even flattened foot. All right, do that for hundreds of thousands of repetitions, you're going to feel some pain. But if everything upstairs is nice and sturdy and solid, we don't get that inside collapse of the knee. We don't get that excessively pronated foot that's not supported. We don't get that curve in the spine. So we reduce our risk for plantar fasciitis or foot or ankle pain, knee pain, runner's knee, IT band syndrome, hip bursitis, which is crazy diagnosed to, low generalized uh, chronic low back pain from running. And I can even make a case for shoulder and neck pain too with proper strength training. So let's dive into a little bit of what I like to do. I love to deadlift at lower loads. So you don't need to be lifting 300 pounds, but you do need to be doing at least about 60%-ish of your estimated one rep max deadlift and or back squat. Now, what is 60%? Well, there's a whole slew of different variations and and formulas to find what your one rep max is, especially if you're someone who doesn't particularly like to lift heavy or is maybe even scared to. There are formulas out there that can have have an estimated one rep max, and we can get you to work at about 60%. So if you're wondering where you should start, you should work your way up to a 60% of a one rep max deadlift and back squat. Even front squat too, okay? But that's a little bit harder to get into from a mobility standpoint. But these are very, very simple to do. Do you need a barbell? No. Do you have a sandbag? Good. Throw it on the back and let's get squatting. At least it's with good form. Do you need a barbell for a deadlift? No. If you got anything on the ground, if you're picking it up, it's a deadlift, okay? So if we're doing lower loads, we're going to do higher repetitions. You're going to get some sort of benefit out of that, all right? The reason why I like this stuff is because it's good lower back strengthening, hip abductor strengthening. I'm talking about those outside muscle hips, uh, mu- outside hip muscles. I'm switching that around, aren't I? Uh, the glutes are the biggest ones, specifically gluteus medius and gluteus minimus. These are the big ticket items that tend to fail the most, cause a lot of just referred pain up and down the leg. And if they're weak, they lead to a lot of collapse down, down, down and up the kinetic chain during running. 
That is what I'm really kind of focusing on. Lunges. Okay. Before we end, guys, lunges, probably the best and easiest thing for you to do because it focuses on asymmetric training, which means you're going to take a step forward. You're going to drop the back knee down, a nice, proud, cocky chest on the way down, maybe tap the knee down, and then you're going to take a step up forward over your stance leg. Do this for high repetitions for long periods of time. In fact, and I've had even runners throw this in every mile. Every mile, they bang out about 30 to 40 lunges, and then they continue on. Now, don't do this for 20 miles, but if you do this, you're going to realize that you're not as strong as you thought you were until you do this a lot. You're going to get a lot of soreness in your quads, in your glutes, maybe your lower back if you're leaning forward. But these are the big ones that I like to throw into my training program. So if you're a novice out there, guys, if there's anything that you've taken from this particular podcast home with you is that strength training is good. If you're going to strength train, keep it asymmetric or deadlift and back squat. As provided by the research, that's okay to do. Uh, but if you're really scared of back squatting, if you're scared of deadlifting, and I get that, seek out a professional and or resort to the good old-fashioned lunge. And if you've got a TheraBand tied around your, your ankles, we're going to do side steps too. All right, you can even Google those, YouTube those, just lateral band walks is what we call those. It's going to light up the outside of your hips. Give that a try. In fact, if you have it now, why don't you bang out 10, 15. See how it makes your hips feel. And I tell you what, do this for six weeks as provided by the research, guys. Six weeks is all it takes to make a difference. Do it for six weeks. Do it every day before you go on for your runs. You're going to notice a difference. Speaking personally, now, I've been doing CrossFit, guys, for about six years now. Before that, I was heavy into triathlons. I was running a lot and I was cycling a lot. It wasn't until I started CrossFit where I had no pain running at all. Knee pain, hip pain, back pain. The only pain I felt was in my pride because I was a little bit slower now. But other than that, from a body standpoint, and I'm getting older, guys. You know, I'm in my 30s. Okay? I, know that's, I know that's young for a lot of us, but let's, let's face it. I'm not 18, 19, 20. I can't bounce back like I used to. But I'm in my mid-30s, and the fact that I can run five miles without any calf pain, ankle pain, foot pain, knee pain, or even generalized low back pain, it said something. And the reason I want to give to it is because I have been such a hardcore strengthening kind of guy now, as opposed to strictly running. So strength training for runners is incredibly important. Now, I've had athletes that say, you know, I, I just don't feel comfortable doing this on my own. I need guidance. Awesome. I love that you're doing that. Uh, a great resource that I like to refer people to. I get $0 from this, guys. I just like to endorse things that I like and work and are good. Run smart online. Write this down. If you're a runner and you want to get started, or if you're, even if you're an elite runner, and let's say you want to qualify for the Boston Marathon. I want to BQ, guys. I want to BQ. I want to qualify. I want to run. I want to have that nostalgia. Great. Look up Dr. Steve Gonzer. He runs Run Smart Online, an online program specifically designed to creating running programs for you. And he has a ton of running specific, a lot of lunges, strength training program, guys. Okay. This is what you need. And if you reach out to him and if you at least talk to him for five minutes, you're going to know that I'm not the only one that thinks like this. If you're going to run and you want to be a good runner, you need to be strong. Strong runners are the best runners, period. Does that make sense, guys? Think about that next time you go for a run. Okay. You put your shoes on, maybe it's 4 a.m., you're a morning runner, good. Shoes are on, am I strong? 
Okay, let's go. What's happening? Okay, every step, what's happening in my hips? Do I feel in my lower back? All right, does my foot kind of cave in? Do I, do I have foot pain? Okay, if that's your issue, if that's what you're dealing with and you just kind of mentally push through that, you can only mentally push through that stuff for so long before something breaks down and now you can't run. I'm not down with that. I want you to always run. Okay. Running makes you happy. I want to make, I want to make sure you do what makes you happy, but I want you to do it well. I want you to do it often and I want you to do it without pain. Reach out, I'll look them up, Google, whatever you got to do. Run smart online, sign up for a program. If you do this and you have a good experience, reach out to me. I want to know about that experience because I love when good things happen to my athletes. So anybody who's listening to, to this podcast right particular moment is now considered one of my athletes via the radio waves. Pretty cool, huh? Okay, congratulations. You get absolutely nothing. You don't get a sticker or a gold star or anything. You just get the fact that you can call yourself a Carolina Movement doc athlete. Awesome, okay? Maybe I'll put you up on my social media, guys. Keep in mind, guys, all this stuff that I'm talking about right now, this is based on my personal experience. Dr. Scott Jablanca, I've been doing this for now, pushing 12 years, gosh, dog, 12 years of strict running analysis, strength analysis, programming, and I help athletes on a regular basis. I've been doing this for so long, you can almost do it in my sleep, but not quite. So let's say, I'm just going to say that all this stuff that I talk about is my not beliefs, but my experience, all right? This isn't really based on uh, Omega Sports. They're just partnering with me to kind of get the voice out and get the word out because we want our run runners and everybody else to be strong. This is me, guys, all right? So if you have any um, refutes, that's fine. If you want to argue about something, love it. Good, that's how we grow. Reach out to me again, Instagram, Facebook, Carolina Movement Doc. Search me up. I'm in the Charlotte area. If you want to stop by, grab a beer, we can even hash it out over there. I'm down with that too, guys, okay? So per usual, find us on uh, all the uh, platforms for podcasts. You can find us on Playmore Studios on the website for Omega. And it should be up on iTunes and Spotify sometime in the near future. I really enjoy this stuff, guys. These episodes are really kind of kicking, kicking butt for me. I do plan to bring on some guests. I've had a lot of people reach out as far as being on the show, which is awesome. I, I love that there's so many viewership. So if you are somebody who thinks that you have a topic that you want to discuss that I would benefit from, from the listeners would benefit from, reach out to me, all right? We'll get something set up. We'll get you on the mic and we'll, we'll bang out another episode that's worthwhile and something that we all can educate ourselves on and all benefit from. So if that's for you, reach out to me, guys. I've had a blast. I hope you did too. I hope you found this at least somewhat interesting, somewhat educational, or at the very least, entertaining. All right. I don't want to be boring. I want to keep you not on your toes, but at least kind of entertained and provide your ears with some listening tunes. At least if you're on your way to work, on your way back from work, good. At least hopefully I filled the void, guys. Don't forget, if you're in the North Carolina area, stop by Omega Sports, stop into the store. These guys are awesome. Look online. There's so many deals going on. Sign up for the newsletter because they are, to be honest with you, check them out. They're awesome. Great people to work with. I hope I am too. I hope to hear you from you guys soon. Stay tuned in the near future for the next episodes. We've got a lot of good stuff coming on, not just for the CrossFit community, but a lot of nutrition coming up, a lot of HIIT training, a lot of recovery, guys. This is Dr. Scott Jablanca, performance physical therapist here in the Charlotte, North Carolina area, better known as the Carolina Movement Doc, signing out. Had a blast, guys. Enjoy.